Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, and we're back for another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. And not just the Christmas spirit, also the Life Day spirit. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I was better before I watched this movie. Well, I'm, I'm still Anthony. Julia. <laughs> I'm Tom. And I'm excited. <laughs> are You're you? a liar. <laughs> guys i just want to apologize in advance for recommending this movie i just thought it would be cool to do for like may the 4th why don't they call last... may the why don't they call may the 4th life day oh wait because nobody <laughs> wants to remember life day it does feel a little what I don't the know. hell is life day okay we'll get to that i didn't know we'll get to that it does feel a little sacrilegious that we're going to be dropping this near May the 4th be with you. I know. We should have done it for Revenge of the 5th. We are talking tonight about the 1978 TV musical holiday special? Star Wars holiday special. We'll get into whether it's special and whether it's holiday, but it is in fact Star Wars. So Tom, would you like to give us a, a plot synopsis? Chewbacca and Han Solo try to get ho- to the Wookiee homeland of Kashiok to celebrate life day, but are impeded by an imperial bro- blockade. Chewie's family passes the time with various forms of entertainment. <laughs> I feel like there's lots of liberties taken with that. Tom, you just sound so defeated. Um, and I-, I, I can honestly say what love I have for Star Wars is now dead. Oh, well, it didn't quite have that effect on me, but... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I don't know. Whatever. I'll get into that when I get into my views on this movie. Okay. Well, let's lead off then with histories of the movie. Mine, it was just a few days ago on YouTube, which we'll talk about why it was on YouTube later. What about you, Anthony? So I first heard about this film a few years ago. Has a notorious reputation among Star Wars fans. Uh, for reasons we'll get into when we discuss the movie in detail. But I was curious, as most people were, to see if, as most people are when they hear about this film, to see if it's actually as much of a train wreck as people make it out to be. And I can honestly say it's worse. And besides that one time years ago, that was the only time I watched it up until this podcast. And I'm just going to be honest, I did not watch it in full again. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I skimmed through it. I know I added this to the list. I'm sorry, but I couldn't put myself through it again. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll stop there until we get into detail. For what it's worth, I feel, re- I feel redeemed, Anthony, 
I feel like I have not nominated all of the worst movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still... <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this is definitely going to end up on the bottom. Um, so, well, I wanted to go a little bit further back in our histories and talk about, um, for a positive, upbeat approach, I wanted to talk about our histories with Star Wars in general. Mm. Are you guys game for that? Good idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'll kick that off. I have not been the biggest Star Wars fan. Um, I don't dislike Star Wars. I don't have the love and affinity that a lot of other people have for Star Wars. Um, I've always been much more of a fantasy as opposed to sci-fi guy. But I like these. And um, when I, Christine and I were dating, she had never watched a Star Wars film. So um, I sat down and um, maybe we had been married by the time. But I sat down and made her watch everything that had been uh, that had come out at the time um, just because Star Wars is one of those things you can't really go through life without seeing there. It's way too, uh, em- it's, it's way too much of an emblem throughout pop culture. We see it everywhere. How about you guys? Star Wars histories. Anthony. Um, yeah. So Star Wars has been in my life as long as I can remember. Uh, my dad started me off on it really young. Uh, I remember he had the trilogy box set on VHS with, uh, you know, on each of the sides, it was Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper and Yoda on each of the boxes. <laughs> um, and, you know, I loved it. I've always loved Star Wars. I, I still think the original trilogy is one of the greatest stories ever told. And probably because, you know, so it's a perfect uh, representation of the hero's journey come to life, right? Like mm-hmm. it hits all the beats in Campbell's book point by point. But it's great. Darth Vader's still an iconic villain. Um, yeah, so I loved it. I liked the prequels. I'm, and I love the two sequels so far. Like, it's just, And to go with what Tom said, it's too iconic and to go through life without seeing. I think there's something special about Star Wars and, you know, it kind of brings people together. Like, all genders, races, ages, sexes, you know, everyone, like everyone seems to love star Wars, like from all different backgrounds, no matter what the background is. Um, it attracts people from all different backgrounds. I think there's something very special about that. There aren't many stories that can do that. I would say Harry Potter is probably another one, Mm. but, um, yeah. So I love star Wars. What about you, Julia? Yeah. Same. My brother, um, is seven years older than I am. So he was, he was in like the epitome of the perfect childhood age when these movies came out he brought me into them and I always loved him. Um, I didn't understand them for a while <laughs> growing up. I just knew that I enjoyed them, but I didn't get the politics and stuff right. Um, Return of the Jedi was always my favorite of the original three. Um, I enjoyed aspects of the prequels, <laughs> but ended up being more disappointed than not with them. Um, but really am enjoying the, the two new ones. And love Rogue One. Rogue One's my favorite. Oh, I hate Rogue One. Canon. That's oh. like legit one of the only one I hate out of all the really? Star Wars films. Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. I love it. Um, so I've got, I mean, I think the reason why most people like Star Wars is like what you said, Anthony. It's the characters. It's that you can find yourself in every in every character in some form or way. And it's just far-fetched because it's sci-fi, but it's not far-fetched because it's it's just it was great it's a great story um i'm a big fan 
this movie is far-fetched and ridiculous. Yes. Can, can I clarify a point I made based on what you said, Julia? Yeah. So the, the prequels, I liked aspects, but I will find Force Awakens, which I love, actually made me appreciate the prequels more. Because as much as I love the Force Awakens, a lot of it was very uh, retread of some of the original trilogy stuff. Whereas I kind of, uh, it made me appreciate the prequels at least tried to be mm-hmm. their own thing a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, Tom, since Julia mentioned her favorite Star Wars movie, what was yours? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, Mine's A New Hope. I feel like that's a lot of people's. I really liked A New Hope, obviously. I cheer every time Han and Chewie come back in the Falcon at the end to save the day. <laughs> I know Empire Strikes Back is often considered like the best, and I love that one. But uh, For me, it would probably have to be The Phantom Menace. <laughs> no um honestly out of all of them the force awakens is my favorite i really love oh, this i really love the setup i love the continuation of the story i love the um organic way that the old characters fit into this new story mm-hmm. um, and everything was just natural i was really impressed with with the writing probably because george lucas wasn't involved <laughs> <laughs> that's actually my fifth favorite because we were talking about this uh when Last Jedi came out, and uh, yeah, if when ranking them, that came in fifth after The Last Jedi and the original three for me. I still have not seen The Last Jedi. It's really oh. good. I mean, it's controversial online, but it's really good. I love it. I feel like you love it or you hate it. Yeah. Some well, interesting not, decisions. I'm not uh, part of the Star Wars cult, so I think I'll like it. From what I gather, if you're in that the Star Wars cult and you love the Star Wars universe, maybe not uh, your favorite movie. Why don't we talk about the arguably <laughs> the worst Star Wars thing out there? <clears throat> the people we can blame for this movie are directors Steve Binder and David Acomba. So Steve Binder is known for some on ice specials <laughs> and the Chevy Chase show, as well as some Christmas specials. Um, and David, n- not so much. Uh, the same with who wrote it rob warren and bruce valanche i only know bruce valanche from the hollywood squares not really anything just nothing to credit as far as the cast is here is the conundrum we actually have every original main headlining star wars character in this special so han solo luke skywalker leia c3po r2 chewie and darth vader are all played by who plays them in the movies they didn't get some hack second-rate lookalikes to play these people. These people came back and played in this movie. So I can only think of one explanation for that because I was thinking about this today, right? Not only that, but this came out before Empire Strikes Back. So while the first one was a massive hit and everything, I can only assume Lucas had to have given given permission to do this before that one, right before release or something. It had to have been. Otherwise, they would be more careful with the properties, and they would be more picky. Because this came out before Empire Strikes Back, so while it was big, it wasn't the phenomenon Star Wars would eventually become. Um, right. I think another issue that it had was uh, it felt very disjoined. So I'm not oh, yeah. sure that the I'm not sure that the actors saw the entire the the thing the the movie as a whole. Um, like Princess Leia felt more like a cameo than a than an actual and and Luke felt more like cameos yeah. than actual 
participants in the show. All of them. I mean, even Han, as much of a quote part as he plays, is yeah. it's all, yeah, like you said, it's all cameos. What interested uh, me was the cast they got to round it out, how they got some of these names. Right. So we've got B. Arthur from Golden Girls fame as a bartender, Akmina. We have Art Carney as Son Dan. Who, I don't know, is he like an honorary Wookiee or something? And then we have Harvey Corman, who I love Harvey Corman from Lily Tomlin show. Hilarious, but not in this movie. Um, he plays multiple random bizarro characters. Um, and you also have Jefferson Starship as unnamed band, although you assume it's just Jefferson Starship. And then Diane Carroll, who is famous from Julia, the show in the 70s, which is partially responsible for my namesake. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. It's either that or a Beatles song. I don't know which is better. Um, I know what your answer would be. So those are our human actors. And then we have the lovely Chewbacca family, who really are the stars of the show. I don't even know who voiced them, but I do know that Chewie's wife's name is Mala. Chewie's dad is Itchy. And Chewie's son is Lumpy. So I'm going to interject here and just say that when Disney bought the Star Wars property, everything that wasn't part of the main saga or the new cartoons that came out was removed from canon. So we could have disregarded this, but it looks like they may be bringing it back into the canon because if you watch the solo trailer, Chewbacca is saying goodbye to what looks like his wife, or a family member upon the Millennium Falcon and getting really emotional saying goodbye to them. So Chewie's family maybe made canon again, thanks to oh, Solo. Gosh. Can we just hope it's not the same makeup department? <laughs> I, they, they just didn't even try. No. George Lucas didn't even try. And I know he disavows this movie, but I take issue with that. I think he's a liar. <laughs> this, this came out pre-Empire Strikes Back, and he said he had nothing to do with it, but Boba Fett was in this. This is the introduction of Boba Fett. Yep. So unless he really liked this special and decided to steal him from the cartoon, he had something to do with this film. We open with this lovely movie in a 13 minute, because I want to kill myself at about minute six, conversation between Chewie's family in Wookiee. With no subtitles. With no subtitles. So really it's just grunting and hand gestures and eyes. And you, you can totally tell what's happening, but... Can you both yeah. do your best Wookiee for our listeners? <laughs> That's not bad, actually. I feel like I'm gargle. I'm just kind of gargle. What about you, Julia? I can't Wookiee. I can't Wookiee either. That's all our thing. Oh, so really it's just Tom's Wookiee. Good Tom. job. <laughs> That's some good Wookiee. That's a very good Wookiee. I'm like Han Solo. <laughs> An honorary Wookiee. Tis a podcast so, honorary Wookiee. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the hair to match too. <laughs> um, although I do have far more teeth than uh, itchy. Okay. Can I just say he's terrifying. <laughs> that is one freaky Wookiee. So I, I was more freaked out by Lumpy. Oh, really? Lumpy just looked dumb to me. But Itchy was like straight up scary. They were underdeveloped. Like, I mean, like, I, I always liked Chewie. I was always a Chewie fan, but... Yeah, yeah me too. You killed Even Chewie in this has the depth of a spoon. Well, you, you gotta be thankful, right, that given the makeup job on Chewie's family here, they decided to abandon 
having the planet full of Wookiees in Return of the Jedi and one for the Ewoks instead, because if this is what they were going to look like back then, that would have been awful. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea of the story is that Han and Chewie are on a run and they get stuck by this blockade and they're rebels. So, you know, it's, it's dangerous for them to be out and they're trying to get home for life day, which is their Christmas type holiday weird cult thing they have going on a little bit so the entire movie is chewy trying to get home family is worried about chewy but while we're sitting here worried we're gonna go ahead and watch a bunch of psychedelic 1970s music numbers that are completely inappropriate in certain cases and obscure cut to a bar scene that has absolutely no place anywhere in the plot of this movie and sub characters that one we don't care about and two we can't explain you can't even call it a plot. No. No. You can't. And there's zero plot to this. This was basically, it's like they tried to do Star Wars Variety Hour. It's not a yeah. movie. And they just failed at that as well. That's exactly I fast forward a lot of stuff. And, you know, like the Jefferson Starship's music video uh, takes place while the Empire forces are searching the Wookiee home. They just stop long enough to watch an entire music video. Yeah. Not sure what was going on there. But I was less disturbed than watching Grandpa getting into his, like, porn mode. Oh, <laughs> my Lord. It was at that moment. <laughs> I was like, what am I watching? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> like he, he, it, and it's interspecies, and I don't understand. I don't either. So we have the Wookiee conversation, and then we cut to what's the next main disappointment? It's the portable circus that Itchy brings out, and... And Lumpy watches this holographic circus performance that looks like something out of Cirque du Soleil. Oh, with the trapeze artists? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my favorite, can I just say my favorite part of this movie is when you see Luke and he has so much orange foundation on his face and black eyeliner that I'm not sure who I'm looking at. Not to mention a horrific blonde wig. And like, I don't know what's happening there. Mm. Just use regular Luke. Well, was that after his car accident? I thought his car accident was between four this, and five. It is. And this came before, between four and five. So, and then in Empire, they gave him the excuse to have the scar. They just scarred him and right. Hoth. So I'm wondering if they just covered it up for this. But still, they could have found a better tone. What I also love about that Luke interaction real fast that gave me a genuine chuckle is that... Luke and the Chewies have to boil down their conversation to hand gestures because Luke is struggling so much trying to figure out what these Wookiees are saying, while Han can hear two grunts from Chewie and interpret it as a three-paragraph sonnet. Not to mention Luke understands every beep R2-D2 makes and yet right. has oh. trouble interpreting these Wookiees. Oh, it's so stupid. <laughs> if there's no internal logic to this i have a question because you mentioned luke's appearance i'll bring up someone else's appearance did princess leia's buns hair buns look off to you in this film like there's something about her appearance like the hair that looked weird to me it did it it did it looked really fake yeah it looked like they worked like with that the real fake hair shine before. well and just the size and shape just looked like it was like a a joke cinnamon bun yeah yeah that's it that's exactly it <laughs> Well, that would be pretty much in keeping with the production value of this movie as a whole. The production value was just awful. I mean, the production value of 
New Hope was pretty bad by its, you know, but this took it to a whole nother level of awful. It felt like somebody was just running around with a camcorder. And then there were the scenes of the Falcon flying through space looked like a late night D movie sci-fi made for TV film. Well, and I felt like when they panned between Hans and Chewie, they were using different cameras, right? I mean, like the, mm-hmm. the quality was, was worse um, every time they went to Chewie. And, he, and Chewie's family's home looked like it was just drawn on a piece of paper. It was. It looked like an illustration. It was awful. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, they could have at least done the painted matte sets like they did for the Death Star in A New Hope. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a way to do that right. Mm-hmm. And the what they did isn't isn't it. We also have this side Julia Child shtick where oh Mala's trying to learn, how, how, trying to cook the Life Day meal. Oh my gosh. And he busts out with like six arms and is stirring and chopping and okay. Was that supposed to be Was that supposed to be funny? So. Well, I'm pretty sure. And all I could think the whole time they were doing it was that Chewie's wife was getting so much hair in the disgusting food she was cooking. <laughs> and you know what? That's my question, right? Because I know Star Wars films in general have always been like family friendly, but has a large adult fan base and always has from when the mm-hmm. originals were released. But who was the audience for this? Because it could not have been adults. It could not have been any adults. Could it have been kids? No. Because they wouldn't get yeah, the I don't Julia Child reference. No, exactly. And that's what I don't, I don't understand who the audience for this was supposed to be. Because it's not the audience. for It's not for people who like the movies. It's not. This clarifies for me very well what Star Wars does well that this movie did not, that was a big miss. All of the different creatures and peoples and groups of of beings in the Star Wars movies, the proper ones in the books, it works because that's never the focus, right? The idea is everybody's different and, and that's just how it is. And it's the atmosphere and it's just accepted. We don't dig into each individual oddity of these different creatures so like this julia child six arm thing it's like they're playing on the wrong things and then later on the other harvey corman character with the pours the drink in his head at the bar that's the juvenile way to approach it i feel like that was just a stupid joke and two yeah well which is why this doesn't work and why star wars does right because the focus isn't on all of that and i don't blame the cast at all for pretending this doesn't exist when they're asked about it did you watch the conan interview with harrison ford when conan brought it up to him i did oh it's very funny that's worth watching um harrison ford acts like i have no idea what you're talking about and threatens to choke conan over the desk when he starts to (laughs) know a portion of it Okay, so then we've got the oddly kinky and just disturbing portion of of Itchy watching that holographic 3D whatever it was. And it just that's what I assume acid would feel like, all of this. Which is a good time to bring up kids. Don't do that. I would hope if I ever did acid, I would not see anything in this movie and I'd have a better experience. Be more enjoyable. Yeah. (laughs) So after that, we kind of pan very quickly to the moment where they're like, oh, we have to show Leia in this somewhere, right? So we pan to Leia, who looks like she's doing her taxes on a computer and (laughs) C-3PO's too. And she's basically just reiterates the whole, 
oh, I don't know where Chewie is. I hope that all goes well. And it's just to see her. It's just each of these moments with these original characters are just, let's put them in there so that we can say. We had them. Star Wars holiday special. My favorite Leia moments at the end with her Life Day song to the Star Wars theme song tune. Can, Can I, speaking of songs, by the way, can I nominate we use an actual Christmas song to close this episode out since it's going to be light please. on Christmas cheer? That would be great. Okay. I'm all for that. Speaking of songs, we then have the Jefferson Starship song where he has uh, multiple shots of a very phallic microphone the entire time that's glowing and was equally disturbing. I actually like Jefferson Starship, and this was just... I have some of them on my iPod, not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> this is not good Jefferson Starship. And I mean, it was, I, the movie had already lost me by now. Like the music was on in the background and I was doing other things. So I definitely didn't give it my undivided attention. I guarantee you they got Jefferson Starship purely because of the starship in their name. And it's a space. Oh, most movie. definitely. I don't know. the level of thought they put into this movie. Oh, so then we have the cartoon. Part. Which is often considered by people the highlight of the special. Not that that's saying much, but when you ask people like who've watched this what if there was a rede- if there was a redeeming moment in the special well, most people would point to the cartoon version i could see that yeah like you said that's not saying a lot but i could see that so it's the introduction of boba fett as a character in the movies and i don't know i got these weird eon flex vibes from the animation see that which was kind of weird yeah i honestly did not pay attention to the cartoon so i couldn't tell you what happens in it i i i think that the cartoon is so well received well Again, comparatively, it's because you're not dealing with crappy effects, crappy sets, crappy costumes, crappy production value. Like, even a bad cartoon, badly animated <laughs> cartoon, would look good against the Wookiee's house and everything like that. That is sad that that was better illustration than uh, the Wookiee house. I, but I, I just, I've all, that's, this is the one aspect I've always found fascinating about this special though is this was the introduction of Boba Fett to all of the Star Wars mythos and he's gone on to become like a fan favorite of a lot of people I've never personally got the Boba Fett obsession that a lot of people have but I Mm -hmm. think he's pretty cool looking we come out of the cartoon to a robot instruction video on how to fix your computer and it is the entire installation setup video (laughs) (laughs) like I don't read manuals oh no So it was at this point, my mother-in-law was over when I was watching this, and it was at this point she looked at the TV and looked at me and said, this is kind of embarrassing. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is embarrassing. <laughs> Someone with no Star Wars background or affinity for it is like, yeah. Um, and then we go into the B. Arthur musical number, and let me tell you, it's always a good time for a B. Arthur musical number. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? How do they get B. Arthur? (laughs) Oh, this is pre Golden Girls, I guess. So, but still, Beatrice Arthur as the movie. And I don't understand. Like, she's going up to all these people, asking them, "Oh, for everything I've done for you, can you just leave?" That does not make any sense at all. (laughs) Understand any of this? That made more sense than pouring liquid into some guy's head but at least they thought it through well enough to put a hat on him so stuff didn't fall into his head mouth (laughs) i don't know what you call it i mean the guy had a regular mouth i don't know why they pointed it into the top of his head yeah i don't know 
I wondered that too. The whole premise of Chewie having a wife and a kid made no sense to me because this was canon, but Chewie's gone for years at a time on all these freaking adventures of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and all of them. And his wife and kid are just so stupid. Guys. <laughs> so we finally are nearing the end of this movie. Um, of which After I would what feels like. Please don't watch it. Eternal. After what feels like years. Yeah feels like years i can personally attest when i was watching this after having tom and anthony both tell me it was a terrible movie and you are not going to believe how bad this movie is that i got 13 minutes into it when i pushed pause just to see how long it was and realized i had another 80 something minutes left to go (laughs) oh julia did you fast forward any of the movie i didn't but i did tune out i was multitasking so this whole feels like eternity thing, it didn't, if it was going to exist at all, which just doesn't need to, it didn't need to be 98 minutes. It, no. Like, no. you take out all of the variety crap, the variety show musical numbers and stuff, and just, if you're going to do this stupid premise for a stupid movie, have it about Chewie going home for Life Day, and just mm-hmm. about him trying to get home. You don't need the variety stuff. You have kept switching between Chewie and his family. And mm-hmm. boom. Shorter movie. Still would have been unbearable, but been more unbearable than this. Yeah, they could have wrapped it up in 30 minutes. Easy. Mm -hmm. So we finally get to what we think is the end of the movie, which is Han Solo and Chewie finally get home, and Han Solo totally kills this guy and throws him over the rafters, and then like less than a second later is walking through the door with that big smile on his face, and oh, Mal, I missed you so much, and hugging, and it's like your standard get home for Christmas, you know, when the family's hugging around and everything, but he literally just killed a guy. It's a little cold. And immediately, immediately after he's over the, the TV communication system, whatever pops up, they can't find this guy. But they were able to sit there and watch all of B. Arthur's song on it. I, <laughs> it, it was cold, but I don't know. I bought that for Han. Roguish nature. I'm t- I will say that's like, the, I did buy that. And Mala spends a good 40 minutes making like goo goo eyes at him, which made me extremely uncomfortable as well. Stop being, you know, by species love is all good. I don't judge. So I thought it was over at this point, but then it wasn't. <laughs> I had to actually do the life day stuff with red robes on in this misty area and, and Leia sings, which we've realized real fast is a bad idea. And they have a their little life day chant, and and then it's and over. The weird robes. Yeah, the weird red. That I don't, I don't know where robe. they came from. They just popped up, and ooh, look, we're in red robes. I think this is a good time to point out, as if there's any debate at all, that this is not a Christmas movie. I know they call it the holiday special, and it aired around Christmas, but it is not. Yeah, it's not even a holiday movie. Uh, I'm gonna say it's not holiday. There's no Linus moment. There are no, no. good feels, nothing. I agree. Any any favorite quotes or scenes? Uh, I have, I will say, I have no favorite quotes, no favorite scenes, but every time I see R2-D2, I feel like a kid again because there's something about him that makes me smile. I think he just has he that effect on people. Well, oh, yeah. and he, he looked okay. He did. He, he and C, CP3O were fine. <laughs> C3PO? That's what I meant. C three PO. I have to think about that one. They were the most well acted roles in this movie. <laughs> the robots, especially R two D two. Yes, think, I think my favorite quote of the movie is probably, 
I will say about R two D two. By the way, I'm not the only one he that has their effect on. I saw you and McGregor talking during the making of the prequels, and he said when George Lucas would get frustrated the most is whenever R two D two rolled onto set because all the adult actors would just turn into little children and keep breaking whenever he's rolling around. Oh, at them. oh yeah. they love that. Yeah, I get it. I didn't I, know that. He's he's. I loved him in the uh, yeah in BB eight. Me too. I love the, the droids. Ewoks. I was a big fan of the Ewoks. I like the Ewoks. I never had a problem with them. Me either. Is I think it's our age when it came out. Is there a problem so, with the Ewoks? A lot of people think they were oh, yeah. just like, yeah, put cute, put cute little things in the movie to sell toys type of thing. All right. I'm ready to be done with this. So let's rank this movie. Wait, I, don't even wait, wait, wait. I have a final thought. Okay. And I'm just, <laughs> and I'm just going to quote George Lucas himself for my final thought. Quote, if I had the time and a sledgehammer, I would track down every copy of that show and smash it. Do the holiday really special does not represent my vision for Star Wars. That's one of those things that happened and I just have to live with it. <gasps> oh my goodness. End quote. Makes me like it more. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to take us into our rankings. I do want to remind our listeners, we had a pact during the Saving Christmas episode that if we ever saw a movie that ranked as low unanimously, we would quit the podcast, call it quits. So with that in mind, Tom, why don't you give us your score again? Zero. <laughs> Anthony, what are you ranking it? I, I have to give it a zero. I can't watch it. We'll never watch this again. Well, since I, you can't- since we can't go negative, we're not going to go below Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, so we're safe. I'm giving it a point one. Wait, you know what? I changed my score. I'm going to give it a point zero zero one. I can't rank it as I can't rank it with Kirk Cameron. Point zero zero. It was that bad. Okay, well, so my reasoning behind my little piddly less than a point is I can see this being somewhat entertaining in in a room full of Star Wars friend fans in a MST3K type of setting. There were many moments where I'm like, I could see Tom Servo and um, Crow sitting down there on the front row riffing this movie. Speaking of, Tom, you watched the riff track for this movie, did you not? I did. It was much better than the movie itself. That's the way to watch it. Perfect. So this whole Mystery Science 3000 type of way, you said that earlier on Slack 2 in the week, I think. Yeah, so I was thinking about that. And Out of all the movies we've covered so far, I would think I'd still pick most of them to watch that way over this one. I think Santa's Sleigh would be more fun to do that than this one. I just, I can confidently say, if I ever watch this again, which is, there's only a .001% chance... (laughs) That's the only way I'll do it. Otherwise, hashtag not my Star Wars. Mm. I've watched the opening scene of Santa's Slay a thousand times before I'd watch this again. I'd watch Santa's Slay in general over this again. Yeah, I'm trying to do myself a oh. solid because the opening scene was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> it, it was. It was. All right, All so right. guys, that gives us a whopping .034 rating. Which falls between All-American Christmas Carol and Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. That feels about right. 
Yep. Guys, we need some holiday cheer. Anthony, you've got something to bring us to bring it up for me. Yes, I have. I have three Christmas questions for us this week because I figured we need it. But before I ask, did either of you happen to catch Macaulay Culkin on Ellen this week or the clips of it? He looked good. He looked good. Like he but looked he, like I didn't pay any attention. I just saw the way he looked. He looked put together. They talked about Home Alone a bit. He so he says he does not. He tries not to leave his apartment or house during Christmas season. <laughs> and he, he he says because still even now he'll go out and people say to him. Can you put your hands on the side of the face and pretend to scream? And he just, he says he can't, he can't do it anymore. And he said he hasn't watched the movie in years, despite the fact that it's on all the time. He said the last mm-hmm. time we watched it, they did an anniversary commentary, like a few years ago, I guess, with Chris Columbus in the cast. And he said that was the first time he had seen it. Otherwise, like, he just doesn't really think about it, which made me sad, honestly. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something to be proud of. Yeah, I'd like to hear that commentary. That'd be interesting. Yeah, especially if we got the real cast. So, who the heck is gonna go up and ask a grown man to put his hands on the side of his face and scream like he did when he was five or whatever he was? That's just <laughs> weird. It is. Okay, I have Christmas. So, the first Christmas question I have for you guys, I wanted to ask this last week with Bad Moms because it was kind of pertinent to that movie. Do you guys open presents on Christmas Eve? any presents and if so how many and is there a theme like some people do pajamas or whatever we do one is there a theme no give her give her decides oh cool give her decides mm-hmm. um yeah we open one but just the kids the kids have like a single present between the three of them and it's a game oh cool so. we go to christmas eve at my parents house every year they do a christmas eve party but uh my parents still give me my sister and sarah like a gift and it's always like Christmas pajamas or something. So. Jammies. Yeah. We've done jammies, but like my kids don't use jams anymore. Like they get to a certain age and they sleep in like old t-shirts and Ethan sleeps in the clothes that he wants to wear to school the next day, even if it's jeans. So the only time I, I know. That's Ethan. what I tell him too. The only time I really sleep in like pajamas, usually again, t-shirts and stuff like mm-hmm. proper pajamas is winter when it's snowing Christmas. and cold and everything. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, wanted to I, be I really... I'm confused because all the songs tell me that, you know, we're supposed to be sleep, sleeping in like our, our cap. Do you and not kerchief. Have a cap? <laughs> Julia, do you not have a kerchief? <laughs> it just falls off so much. <laughs> I just think Are you supposed to keep a cap on when you're sleeping? I don't understand. I don't I've never understood weird. that. Yeah, I don't get it. I have a hard time keeping a cap on when I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> You need to go in one night, take one set of your pajamas that your parents are going to give you beforehand, sneak them open, put in something a little risque <laughs> for the, to make it really uncomfortable the next morning, but make it so, so off the wall that nobody's going to buy it. Um, oh, that's like maybe funny. Like maybe put a thong in yours or something. <laughs> oh, <God>. Mom! <laughs> I, I promise you, Tom, if I decide to troll them like that this year i'll get it on video so you can, we can post it on patreon you must. oh my gosh <laughs> i feel like you should get pjs with your face all over it and give it to them for christmas be like oh this is a christmas eve gift too oh my god i'm totally- or just switch out your sister's gift with pjs of your face. <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing i'm totally doing that <laughs> 
as you guys know, I am giving myself the joy of highlighting the fact that we have completed this episode. <laughs> right now. T- Tom, you are a master troller. I'm going to totally come to you for all my trolling ideas. <laughs> I mean, what would your sister do if she opened up and thought your parents gave her pajamas with your face? She would, she would make a cold, sarcastic comment. I don't know. Your favorite son, favorite child on there. <laughs> well, um, this is fencing their faces. It would be hers. We have we had these ornaments at my parents' house. We got them when we were young. We must have gotten them for some relative or whatever. They're elves, but one of them's holding up a little sign that says, uh, "The first child is a favorite" or something. And one of the same, <laughs> this younger ch- youngest child is a yeah. favorite. Anyway, my sister lives in Rhode Island, so m- me and Sarah go over to help my parents decorate the house because they have a million trees. So when we were doing that, the youngest child one fell and broke. It shattered. So, of course, I took out my phone, took a picture right away, <laughs> and, and sent it to my sister. Making sure, it fell. It did fall. It not fell that. off. <laughs> Suspiciously. Oh, man. So you said Sarah had a question. Sorry. She did, because I was trying to come up with questions. And she wanted me to ask, if you were Santa Claus, what would be your favorite aspect of the job every year? And what would be your least favorite aspect of the job? Oh, good question, Sarah. I know. I was Mm. impressed she came up with that. Favorite part of the job would be the cookies. Least favorite part of the job would be every day that wasn't Christmas. Mm. But you. Mine would probably be the reindeer, my favorite. That's what I was going to say, too. Trying to think of my least favorite. My least favorite would be the naughty list. Oh, that's, yeah. I would hate dealing oh. with the naughty list. No, I think I'd like that. And just- I'd be a, <laughs> you'd like that? <laughs> I'd be pushover. I'm pretty sure I'd be a pushover Santa. I think I would too. Hardcore. Anthony, I, every, every kid makes the naughty list. <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like Tim Allen Toy Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Got a slice. That carrot hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> no, my least favorite part, I don't know, I know you said it was your favorite part, Julia, but I feel like the mm-hmm. cookies and milk could get old after the first few houses. If you're going to every house with a child on the planet and you have to show you care enough to at least take a bite out of every cookie and a sip of milk, like uh, I feel like that would get old really quickly. I feel like Santa has like a magical stomach that he can tolerate it and like he thrives on cookies. And just think of all the Oreos. Oh, it's like heaven. I feel like I'd break off a piece and then put the rest of the cookies in the cookie jar or something and pretend I ate them and no one would know the difference. It's a dirty trick, Anthony. <laughs> you could always, uh, yeah. I want to know why Santa doesn't leave evidence that he was that he used your bathroom or something like that. That you, you could feel really special when you were, if you were that kid, you know. Like Santa leaves the toilet seat up with a little bit of red fuzz or something. I don't know. Or he didn't flush, right? (laughs) Nasty. (laughs) Oh, that would really be something to wake up to. That's a good question. Yeah, I like that. Good job. So I have one more. What would you say if you had to pick one, and I know it's going to be hard pressed for us to pick any, given how much we love the season, is the thing you find the least appealing about the Christmas season or the most annoying or something? I have an answer for this one, if you guys need to think. Mine is based on locale, and it is the lack of snow coverage. Mm -hmm. 
or the it, and I think in my entire life I've maybe seen Christmas snow like three times. Sorry, Anthony, what was yours? So mine is like, and I know people feel differently about Christmas and everything. Some people love it. Some people like it. Some people hate it. It's the people who aren't big on Christmas who like decide to turn into hardcore Scrooges and push back against everything, complaining about the decorations and the songs and the mall and everything. Like the people who just are very vocal about, oh, this time of year again. I hate this time of year. Like that gets on my nerves. Especially, I saw an article in last year, an opinion piece in one of the newspapers saying, the Christmas season, we, we can we please stop celebrating Christmas already? And it was just, ugh, pissed me off. In a, in a major publication? It was, yeah, it was a UK paper, but it was one of their major ones. It's a very small moment, but it's like the moment where we've just gotten all the decorations out of the attic, but they're not up yet. And I always have this kind of mini panic looking at all of it and going, once it's up, I can really enjoy it. But sometimes it takes a long time to get it all decorated. And I have to remind myself to enjoy that part too. That's fair. But that actually reminded me of another of my least favorite moments. And it's Christmas night after all the festivities are over before you go to bed. And it's just that little, it's like coming down from a sugar high when you think, you know, yeah, the decorations and lights and stuff are going to be up for another week or two. But it's all over for another year. That, yeah. That feeling Christmas night always gets me too. I'm with you on that. When you wake up that next morning and there's nothing under the tree, it's just empty again. Well, me and Sarah yeah, tend to leave our stuff under the tree anyway after we open it. It takes us forever to, um, to just, you know, books, put them on the shelf or whatever. You know, it just takes a little while to put them where they need to be. I hate getting presents. Yeah. Passion. I feel you, Tom. I don't want, I like giving, I don't like receiving. That's what she said. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I really don't think so. <laughs> I do have one more thing to bring up, though. Not a question or anything. Did you guys see that link I posted on our pages the other day about the Harry Potter ornaments Hallmark is releasing this year, the new ones? I, I did, did. And they are all magical. And yeah, I was about to say, I plan on buying all four of them. They are. They are great. Great questions. Thank you for that. Much needed. No problem. Much, much needed. Um, for those listening, please answer those questions as well. I would, pick, I would particularly like to hear what would be your favorite thing as Santa and your least favorite thing as Santa. I would too. Be sure to... And we've got plenty of avenues for you to answer that question. You can put it on our Facebook page. We'll ask the question there, and you can uh, answer in the comments. Um, on Twitter, on our re- subreddit, or on uh, oh Instagram. So we're kind of everywhere, and we love hearing from you. We love interacting with you. We try to be as um, involved as we possibly can. So um, you encourage us. So we're encouraging you to encourage us. um and if you want to support us some other way if um please check out our patreon for just a dollar a month you can get access to uh bonus episodes which right now include an episode on the halloween classic hocus pocus our full-length episode on the office christmas episodes which is double the length of what we had in itunes that one ran long 
um, an episode on Clue, which was really fun because it was Tom's first time watching. And we have a bunch of fun stuff planned coming up on it. Um, and to, for a little over a dollar, you can get stickers and possibly Christmas cards from us, depending on your patronage levels. So check us out. You can find us at patreon.com slash tisthepodcast. And next week, if you want to get your homework done, we are going to a much happier place. And we're going to kick off TV month where we cover Christmas episodes of TV favorites um, over the next month that will most definitely be more Christmassy than today has been. So next week, we're going to do the first five Simpsons Christmas episodes. Uh, I'm excited. I love the Simpsons. Me too. Uh, so do your homework. Check them out. I like old school yeah. Simpsons. So I'm really um, excited. Nice. If you are listening to this, the day it drops, we have only 238 days until Christmas. That's about 36 weeks, guys. Getting close. That sounds good to me. And now, um, enjoy some amazing Christmas music here. So <laughs> Consider it our apology. <laughs> Tom was lobbying for Carrie Fisher's Life Day song off microphone. Dude, that's not even that's not even a funny joke. That is not. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Bye. Happy Life Day. May the fourth be with you. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight. All the way home I'll be warm And the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you'd love me so Let it snow, let it snow and snow When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really grab me tight All the way home I'll be warm Oh, the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow